Welcome to All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. So welcome to All Saints. We are celebrating Advent. My name is Kaylee, and I serve on staff here with the youth and with the young adults, and it's really fun. (laughs) So last week, Harrison uh, took us into Advent with talking about Christ coming to save sinners. And so this morning, we're going to talk about Christ coming to die and be glorified. And so we're going to be in the book of John. John chapter 12, verses 20 to 28. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. We'll have slides up here if you want to follow there, but if you want to open up your Bible and follow that way, feel free to do that too. So it says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat or seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. My soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would glorify Jesus, that you would bring revelation to our hearts of the Son of Man, We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So our first thing here is the hour has come. In verse 23, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So why now? Why now is Jesus' time? Why has it come? Because we see in four different instances in the book of John leading up to this very moment that Jesus is very clear that his hour had not yet come. So why now has his hour come? So what set the play in motion for Jesus' time to arrive? So we're going to start in verse 20, 20 through 22, and it says this. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. They said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and, and Philip in turn told Jesus. So we see here there's some Greeks And so some Greeks in the Bible are also known as Gentiles. And Gentiles are um, anyone outside of the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel at that time was God's chosen people. So we have some Gentiles coming to Jerusalem. And they're coming to worship at a festival. And the festival is the Passover. And the Passover is a celebration that the Israelites were commanded to do for generations to come. And what that was is that God was going to, well, he did deliver his people from Egypt. 
he saved them from death and destruction by the blood of the Lamb. And so here they are, people from all over the place are coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And the Passover was um, God was getting ready to deliver them out of slavery, and he told the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and to put the blood of the lamb on the door frames of the house. And any house that had the blood of the lamb over their home would be saved from death and destruction that was coming before God would deliver his people from Egypt. And so what I love about this is that Jesus' time has come during the Passover festival. In the Passover, the blood on the door frames, top, bottom, sides, was actually foreshadowing the cross, which is so beautiful. And so here they are, they're gathering, they're worshiping, they're celebrating the Passover. The Israelites have been saved from slavery, they're being delivered, and they're coming with this request, these Gentiles who are not God's chosen nation. And their request is this, we would like to see Jesus we would like to see Jesus. And my assumption here is that they've heard about him while they're in town because it takes time to travel to Jerusalem, then they have to prepare for cleansing, then they have to prepare for the feast, and then they celebrate. So it's not like a two-hour worship night at the church. They're like having a longer time of celebration. So my assumption is they're in Jerusalem, they're hearing about Jesus, they're seeing him do signs and wonders, and now they're interested. Who is this Jesus? We would like to see Jesus. And so this word see here means to see with the mind. It's the spiritual seeing to perceive with this inward perception. John 3.3 says this. This is Jesus speaking to us. We read this in Young Adults recently. Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. It's the same word to see. N.T. Wright says this. If the Gentiles want to see him, want to benefit fully from what Jesus has been sent into this world to do. Jesus' proper response is to carry on and complete the work the Father has given him. They wouldn't just see him as they had asked, but they would come to him in the sense of being drawn by the powerful love of God into fellowship and new life with Jesus. And so the Gentiles were wanting to see Jesus, and this wanting to see Jesus set the play in motion for Jesus to move towards the cross. Those who did not know him, they were wanting to know him. And Jesus' response to this is that Jesus came to die. Jesus came to die. Verse 23 and 24 say this. Jesus replied to this request. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat or seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. We see this title here that Jesus is calling himself the Son of Man. The Son of Man is an expression of his humanity and his humility, his deity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see this title expressing the fulfillment of prophecy that we see out of Daniel chapter 7. The Son of Man is coming to be glorified, to be exalted, to be lifted up, to be um, exhorted. But how would he do that? How would Jesus be glorified? And he answers that here in verse 24. Unless a kernel of wheat or seed falls to the ground and dies. He's saying, unless I die, all that remain is, and it will continue to perish. And we see Jesus, the seed, the promised seed. We see him being the seed here in this chapter, John chapter 12. We also see him being the seed in Genesis chapter 3. And it says this. 
I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring or seed and her offspring or seed. And he will crush your head, speaking to the serpent, and you will strike his heel. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Immediately we see in Genesis that the enemy was coming to bring division, to bring deception, to separate God's people from intimate relationship with him. But God promised the seed that would come and crush the head of the enemy. And Jesus' death is what crushed the head of the enemy. Christ came to die. God had a desire for his people. John chapter 3 verse 16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loved the world and all of its sin, its brokenness, its confusion, its hurt, its pain, and God sent his son into this world to save it. Jesus, knowing what was to come, he knew what was to come, and he came to die. John 18, verse 4 and 5 say this, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, this is at his betrayal, went out and asked, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, I am he, he said. Jesus came to fulfill all the law and all the prophets that were spoken about him. His death would crush the head of the enemy. His death would bring the Gentiles into a place of seeing him and knowing him. And his death would restore his people, the Israelites, back to him. Jesus knew what was to come. Jesus knew that he would be despised and rejected by man. He knew that his, two of his disciples and friends would betray him. He knew that. He knew that he would be arrested and chained. He knew that he would be accused of a criminal's death, and therefore he would die a criminal's death. He knew that he would be hated by the world without reason. He knew that he'd be pierced and crushed. He knew that he would wear a crown of thorns upon his head. He knew that he would carry his own cross. He knew that he would be beaten, slapped, spit on, and whipped. And that all of his bones would be out of joint. He knew that they would put nails in his hands and his feet. He knew that his bones would be on display because of the whips and the beatings that he took. He knew all these things. He knew that people would stare at him and gloat over him. He knew he would be humiliated and naked, that they would divide his clothes among them and cast lots for them. He knew that he would take on sin, and he knew that he would be separated from God. But guess what? He still said yes. He still said yes. N.T. Wright says this, What looks like the greatest tragedy, Jesus' death, actually produces the greatest victory and harvest, that Jesus would be glorified. He did this that we would know him. He did this that we would know him. Verse 24 says this, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. If I do all of this, this one seed becomes many. John 12, verse 32, just after this, Jesus is very clear that his desire is to draw all people to himself. Every nation, every tribe, every people group. His desire was to draw all people to himself. Galatians 3.18 says this, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles. That's you, that's me, that's us, that's the Greeks we're just reading about. By faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, saying this, all nations will be blessed through you. 
God was thinking about us long, long, long ago to be in relationship with us. John 17, 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This word know is a personal experience. It's this firsthand acquaintance with, to become acquainted with the knowledge of God and of Christ and the things relating to them and preceding them. For us to know him and to know his ways. And guess what? We get to reap the benefit that Jesus sown in his body. Our lives are about glorifying Jesus. So our response to him is this, verse 25 and 26. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Verse 25 is in every single gospel. Must be important that every disciple remembered it and recorded it. So what does it mean for us to hate our lives in this world? It doesn't mean for us to dislike or neglect the life that we have the responsibilities we have in this life, our families, our health, paying bills. It doesn't mean to neglect those things. But what it means is to take our eyes off of ourselves and to fix our eyes on Jesus. Life is the most important thing and precious thing we have on this world, right? And our response is to give that back to Jesus for all that he's given to us. And we see in Matthew 4 that Jesus is tempted by the enemy three times, right? And one of those times, the enemy takes him to the highest place in the world. And he says, look at all of this. You can have all the treasures of the world if you worship me. And what does Jesus do? He denies it, right? We must follow his example to deny the things of this world that do not produce life, right? We are faced daily with choices, right? It's not like, I gave my life to Jesus, I chose him once, I'm good. We have to choose him every single day because we are faced with so many oppositions, so many choices, right? And so in denying those things, we glorify Jesus. About two months ago, we were in here uh, worshiping and we were singing Worthy of It All. And I'm singing all the words. I'm like, Jesus, you're worthy of it all. I'm singing it, I'm singing it, and then boom, I'm hit with this disconnect. And I was like, why can't I, like, connect with what I'm singing? Like, is he worthy of it all? And at that time, I was given this decision if I was going to go to Guam and serve our church plant there. And for me, that feels like an incredible risk. And Why? Why does that feel so risky, Kaylee? Some of of you guys are like, that's such an easy choice. Yes. For me, it meant facing a lot of fears. Facing the fear of death. Facing the fear of flying. Facing the fear of the airplane falling. Right? And so for me, that came with a lot of risk to consider this idea of going to serve our church plant in Guam. And so I noticed that's why I wasn't able to sing, Jesus, you are worthy of it all. Because what, is he worthy of me going to Guam and facing those fears? Later that day after church, I text Esther and I said, hey, I'm a yes. 
Because I was like, Jesus is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. And if I die, he is still worthy of it all. (laughs) Like, I will get to be with him, you know? And so I just want to ask you, like, is Jesus worthy of it all? I have a friend who is super eager to go to the nations. But he's being called to stay. And that's so hard for him. And his hard yes is my easy yes. I love staying in my rhythm, my comfort, right? And so everyone's surrender looks different. But everyone's heart posture is the same. If we follow him, we can trust that where we go, there he will be with us also because we follow him. Lastly here, this is my favorite. Jesus is the ultimate Passover. 27 and 28 say this, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. My soul is troubled. His soul is troubled. But for this very reason, Christ came to die. He came to die and to be glorified. He came for you. He came for me. He came to be in relationship with you. He came that you would know him. He came that you would see him rightly. He came that he would speak to you and that you would hear his voice. He came to lead you and guide you in this life. He came for you. Father, what shall I say? Save me? He said, no. For this very reason I came. Because he loves us. For God so loved the world. And so little did they know what was to come was the ultimate Passover. Where the blood of the lamb once saved the Israelites from death and destruction out of Egypt The ultimate Passover, Jesus, was coming that his blood would save all people from death and destruction. Isn't that exciting? That we get to live in that. And one day, the Bible tells us that Jesus will come again and destroy the final enemy. And what is the final enemy? Death. That we would know him. Joel 2.32, we're going to end on this. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All nations will be blessed. So I'm going to pray for us. And if the worship team can make their way back up here. I just want you to begin to posture your hearts to the Lord. And I just want to ask you today, is he worthy of it all? Is Jesus worthy of all that you have, of all that you are? Is he worthy of every choice like Kathleen was talking about? There's choices to be made. My are you worthy of everything came out of a decision. And I just want to encourage you to present your all to the Lord. What do you need to lay down today or surrender? Where are you finding life and have you found it? Are you searching for life and you have been unable to find it? Lose it and you'll find it. There's a promise, it's eternal life with Jesus. 
And we thank you, Lord. We say you are worthy of it all. So we're going to go into singing worthy of it all. And so I just want to encourage you guys to worship God, to let the Holy Spirit search your heart because he knows all things. And if God is leading you to make a choice, to respond to the gospel today, to give Jesus your life, to lose your life that you'll find it for eternal life, to do that. If the prayer ministry team can come up, if you want to receive prayer from our prayer ministry team, we encourage you to come up. But also, if you want to share with your neighbor what God might be speaking to you about and get prayer from someone that you came today, do that too. So we thank you, Jesus, and we just declare that you are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name.